If you placed a bet that we would not talk about animals and unusual animal sightings in the capital region on this week's show, you would have lost that bet. But at least the weather's been lovely. Coming up on this episode of The Eagle, we'll go over the week's top headlines. A Gilderland resident was sure that they had spotted a mountain lion. We'll talk to In Our Own Voices CEO, Tandra Legrone. And I want to say to the, our community, the LGBT community at, at large, and particularly our LGBT community uh, of color, that you matter and we see you. And we'll say farewell to one of our much-loved Hearst Fellows. Don't let anyone call this area Smalbany because Albany has great, great opportunity and I expect it to grow leaps and bounds in coming years. This is The Eagle, a Times Union podcast, a look inside our newsroom. I'm Jessica Marshall. If you're enjoying this podcast, take advantage of all the Times Union has to offer and support our efforts to bring in you award-winning journalism by becoming a Times Union member today. Go to timesunion.com slash subscribe. Welcome to The Eagle. I'm Jessica Marshall. First up, let's discuss what appeared in the Times Union and on timesunion.com this week. All right, we're here right now with Times Union Editor-in-Chief Casey Seiler. This podcast is no longer about news. Now it is about our relationship with Animalia in the capital region, the animal kingdom. (laughs) We continue our discussion of uh, animals that have appeared in our headlines this week. Let's start with the mountain lion. What happened with a mountain lion or allegedly happened with a mountain lion this week? So Pete DeMola wrote uh, about one of the periodic sightings, uh, allegedly, of mountain lions that we get in the capital region and across other regions of uh, glorious upstate America. This one was posted on the uh, social media platform Nextdoor. Uh, A Gilderland resident was sure that they had spotted a mountain lion and said, no, no, I know that mountain lions are, or that bobcats are frequently mistaken for mountain lions by people who spot them, but I was sure that this one was a mountain lion. Mountain lions are also known as eastern cougars, and state officials from the Department of Environmental Conservation uh, say that there is no evidence that there are breeding mountain lions in the state of New York. They refer to them as being extirpated. <laughs> that means locally extinct. The DE says says that whenever there is a sighting of a mountain lion, that it is uh, not an eastern cougar, but uh, other uh, varieties of mountain lion that have made the long trek to get to beautiful upstate. So don't say we're losing population when we are occasionally gaining populations of visiting mountain lions from far, far away. All right, well, the next animal that we are going to discuss is an elephant. What happened with an elephant this week? And in fairness, uh, Happy the elephant uh, is in the Bronx, not in the capital region, although we are discussing her now because of a state court of appeals decision that was handed down in response to a habeas corpus request that was made by an animal advocacy group called the Non-Human Rights Project, which claims that Happy's 
captivity at the Bronx Zoo is a, a state that should end. Happy is an African elephant born in the wild, but captured while very young, now in her mid-40s. And the majority opinion, it was a 5-2 ruling, held that Happy is not a person basically shooting down a habeas corpus request. But Chris Churchill, in his, um, in his most recent column, wrote about a pretty uh, intriguing and very long dissent that was filed by one of the judges, Rowan Wilson, who made an interesting argument that, of course, many of the things that we hold to be normal and legal can change due to changing legal opinion and changing uh, mores about what we consider to be a being uh, deserving of uh, full freedom. And and Wilson brought up uh, the case of an African native who was brought over to this country and displayed in almost exactly the same way that we would now display uh, many captive animals, even probably, you know, less humane. Wilson is very careful not to not to draw a distinction between the elephant and an African tribesman, but at the same time, he's using that to note that back in the day, that was something that people were not, or that many people at least, were not appalled and disgusted by. Um, Janet DeFiore, the, the uh, chief justice on the Court of Appeals, really kind of ripped up that element of Rowan Wilson's dissent, calling it odious. So a pretty fascinating discussion among the justices. Absolutely. And that is not the only court decisions that we are either fascinated by or are watching for. The Supreme Court is releasing a number of its decisions this month, some controversial, some not, some much, much anticipated. Uh, Tell us, why are we watching those decisions? Because it's the end of the Supreme Court's term, as you note, and by the end of the month, really just in the next uh, two weeks or so, We are expecting to get the powerhouse ruling that could, if it at all mirrors a draft decision that was big news, of course, when it was was leaked, the court could overturn Roe versus Wade. We are also waiting for a court decision on a case that emerges from Rensselaer County, where two men sued challenging the state's um, pretty strict right to carry law, which governs who can get a concealed carry permit. Uh, There are concerns, of course, this being an election year, especially loud concerns that if the right to carry law is overturned, it could result in a lot more people getting concealed carry permits and walking around armed. Um, That's something that, for example, New York City Mayor Eric Adams has said keeps him up at night, you know, the prospect of Tourists from other states or even people in New York, you know, wandering around Times Square uh, strapped. Um, uh, But in terms of the abortion decision potentially coming very soon, this week, Governor Kathy Hochul signed a half dozen bills further uh, sort of supporting reproductive rights and the right to abortion in New York. Several of them actually uh, shore up legal protections and call for the creation of of a report from the Department of Health seeking gaps in support for pregnant women, for for medical care. So that's coming. Uh, Kathy Hochul said, you know, lots of people are talking. New York State is acting and noting that once again, 
Other states uh, can look to New York for a proper response to this uh, potentially imminent Supreme Court action. This is all happening, of course, uh, almost two weeks before New York has its first primary election this week. Can you give us a preview? Early voting opens on Saturday. We, of course, have seen early voting be very popular, and the primary date itself is June 28th or a week from Tuesday. So if you are a registered party member in any of the parties that are going to be selecting their candidates, for goodness sakes, get out and vote. I would also highly recommend the Times Union's election guide, uh, the 2022 New York Voter Guide on timesunion.com. It is an excellent set of, you know, it's got an FAQ page on exactly (laughs) explaining exactly why we are having two primary elections this summer in New York. The one that is coming up that will select candidates for statewide officials, of course, including governor and state assembly races. And coming up in August, another one for the state Senate and Congress that we have discussed previously. That was the result of court decisions that essentially tossed out the Senate and congressional uh, maps that had been drawn by largely by Democratic lawmakers, which uh, those decisions came to the conclusion those maps were gerrymandered. We now have new maps that is causing a great deal of agita all over the state, in particular in the capital region, the uh, battle royale between uh, Republican state senators Jim Tedisco and Daphne Jordan. Tedisco was faced with the possibility of uh, being obliged to run in what would be his district, that is the one that he lives in, against Neil Breslin, uh, a longtime incumbent Democrat who would be a fairly formidable opponent or jumping districts and running against uh, Daphne Jordan in the newly drawn uh, district that includes the big chunk of of Saratoga County that she represents. Jordan dropped out of the race on Tuesday and lambasted Tedisco for creating a circus-like atmosphere that she did not want to participate in. So a pretty ugly inter-party or intra-party squabble there. Absolutely. Check out timesunion.com. The voter guide is right there on the homepage. Uh, Don't miss it because we'll be adding to it um, and it will be really exciting to watch the outcome of these elections. All right, Casey, thank you so much. We'll check back with you next week. Jess, thanks a lot. As always, you can learn more about all of the topics and issues that we discuss on this podcast at timesunion.com. Pride celebrations drew thousands across the region last weekend for the first in-person events since 2019. Two days of festivities in Albany included a parade and performances by Aja from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9 and Karmit Bakar of the Pussycat Dolls. While the celebrations were a time of joy for many, LGBTQ advocates say the need to focus on and address issues that affect the community in the capital region, particularly the LGBTQ Black and Latino community, is more important than ever. Issues like access to healthcare and aging, as well as the as yet unsolved murder of a Black transgender woman in Albany last month, weigh heavily. Here's a recent conversation I had with In Our Own Voices CEO Tandra Legrone. It's Pride Month. Celebrations are commencing. What is on your mind? 
What isn't on my mind? First, I'd like to say that Pride is 365 days um, out of the year. But, you know, right now we're still in a pandemic and we have a lot of violence that is impacting um, our communities across the, the United States. We still have a lot of work to do um, when it comes to our transgender, gender non-conforming and non-binary folks. So if you ask me what's on, currently on my mind right now, I am just really troubled by the acts of violence that is happening locally in our community. I unfortunately had to attend a funeral for Assad Hemingway Powell, who uh, was a 30-year-old Black trans woman who was uh, murdered last week. So if you ask what's on my mind, you know, that's on my mind and heavily in, in my heart right now. Now, tell me about some of the, the advocacy that you've been doing recently. What are some of the top things um, that you've been, that, that your organization has been involved in? We are still fighting, you know, for, for our rights. There are, you know, over th- 325 bills that have been introduced into legislation um, across the United States can't say gay and from, you know, all, you know, students, uh, Texas with uh, students not being able to be acknowledged. Um, We are looking and we're still fighting those things. And then locally, we are just, you know, making sure that uh, mainstream organizations are utilizing an intersexual lens when providing services to our community. Gun violence and gun control is one of our top issues that we support gun control um, and coming up with a solution uh, for that. Uh, Fortunately, we do live in New York State, but we need to find find some solutions on a federal level. And poverty and LGBT people of color, the impact of our health disparities is, um, has not shifted. And I think the pandemic and mental health and these issues are really exacerbated even more so than ever. You know, there are other things as well on that list as well. You know, we're looking at our community in, with aging, our youth. That's a lot on your shoulders and on the shoulders of the community. But here we are, Pride Month 2022. And like you said, Pride is 365 days a year, obviously, but the celebrations that take place this month are, they're hopeful, right? There's, there's hope for the future kind of coming out of the pandemic. What's your estimation of, of where hope, the level of hope is at this point? Oh, I think it's, it's, uh, it brings me joy in having the ability for folks to have human contact and being able to provide some respite for our community. Um, I think it's it's incredibly important for people to understand one, that we're not out of a pandemic, we're still in a pandemic and that uh, COVID is still very much a concern um, for a lot of folks. And so 
you know, I don't want the message to go that, oh, we're, you know, we're moving past COVID because that's not the case. What we're doing is because that we have so many folks that are vaccinated and boosted and reboosted that we're able to look at it differently in the sense of once a person has contracted COVID that they're less likely to be um, hospitalized in some cases. But go back into the celebration. This is a moment for respite for our community, for our LGBT community. I think um, this is the first time out of that I can think of that there has been such an amount of awareness and media and people collaborating and working together just in one week I attended like four flag raisings. Um, we had the flag raising in Albany, Troy, uh, Hudson, Schenectady. Uh, we tried to have a flag raising at City Hall in Amsterdam that was denied, but Central Civico ste is stepping up to the plate to raise the flag uh, mm -hmm. anyway. The mayor of Amsterdam supports not having the, uh, not uh, supports the flag raising outside of not having it at public buildings in Amsterdam, which is really unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because it does not support diversity and you have a young person that's in the city of Albany that on a public building where communities of color and communities have provided their taxpayers dollars to be able to see a reflection of them being supported by the city of Amsterdam. And that's very unfortunate. We talk about, you know, this is celebration, but, you know, at the same time, we are celebrating, but we're in the celebration. There are still, you know, there are amazing things that are happening, but there are still all of these things behind the scenes that, you know, you have one moment of the celebration and then at the same time in hand in hand, you're, we are still fighting for our rights and, and fighting to be seen. Do you just have like a message for, for your community, for the LGBT community of color here in the capital region? Like, what would you say if you just had their ear? We're here in our own voices is an organization that is built by you and us for us. And what I mean by that is we are LGBT people of color. Our doors are open and welcome to anyone uh, to walk through the, our uh, walk through our doors. We provide services we have a food pantry. We house the Capital Region Anti-Violence, LGBT Anti-Violence Project. We're here for you and we are available for community to utilize us in the way they are in need of. And so we could not do this without community. We understand that. Um, and I want to say to the, our community, the LGBT community at, at a large, and particularly our LGBT community uh, of color, 
that you matter and we see you and your voice, your voice matters. After the break, we'll say a fond farewell to a Hearst Fellow. If you're enjoying this podcast, take advantage of all the Times Union has to offer and support our efforts to bring in you award-winning journalism by becoming a Times Union member today. Go to timesunion.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. You're listening to The Eagle, a Times Union podcast. I'm Jessica Marshall. Times Union business reporter Shayla Cologne found her first big story in the capital region before she'd even found an apartment to live in. The Hearst Fellow spotted a local rental scam in the works. She published a story exposing it and then moved into her new digs. Roughly a year later, she's broken a number of important business-focused stories, including one that inspired the FBI to open an investigation. She's been a frequent contributor to this podcast as well, including a heartbreaking episode where she opened up about losing her mother during 9-11. Shayla left us last week following the conclusion of her fellowship, but I was lucky and caught up with her one last time before she headed out. Let's talk about your your year. Your year is coming to an end. You came to us in August and you started out with a bang. You you were looking for a place to live and you ran into some issues with renting. Um, that, that's how you got your start, which, you know, it turned out to be a great story. So tell me um, if you could encapsulate your year in a couple of words, what would you what would you say? I would say busy, heartwarming and overall excellent. I had a fantastic time here at the Times Union, and for all of you who don't know me, I previously was not much of a business reporter. I was a local reporter in Connecticut before this, and I was a little skeptical of the new beat, but ended up falling in love with it, oddly. I have my fellow colleagues to thank for that. As I embark on the next chapter of my journey, I'm actually incredibly sad because I will miss the community here in Albany, particularly my coworkers. You guys became like family to me in a year, especially in a turbulent year. <laughs> so I'm very, very grateful. Tell me, what were some of your favorite stories that you worked on over the year? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, the Pearl Street Project is the one that comes to the forefront of my mind. And what I enjoyed about this most is that this is something, this was an issue that was sort of like an open secret. People have known about it for years, but never really addressed it. And people in the community really wanted to talk about it. So this gave them a forum to do so. And it also just allowed me to connect with the community on a deeper level and just get to know the everyday people um, and their trials and tribulations and also their aspirations, what they want to see for that street in the future. And really, a ref- it's a reflection of all of Albany and most of the capital region. I know that a lot of people say that um, Albany is not quite like New York City, but I think it's better. <laughs> um, there's room to wow, grow. Wow, that's high praise. That's high <laughs> praise. Just a refresher for those listening, we did a previous episode of this podcast on your Pearl Street project, which took a really in-depth look at this main thoroughfare that goes from north to south through Albany and how it has evolved through the years and how the 
history of Albany has affected the development of Pearl Street. So I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast as well as timesunion.com for your stories, uh, your series. Um, What are some of the other stories that you really liked? I definitely liked writing about General Electric and their work here. Um, My favorite story about GE was a couple, uh, one about the strides that they're making with a treatment that could potentially, they believe, cure diabetes in some patients. Um, And also just doing a profile of uh, GE workers and engineers and what leads them to do this cutting edge research that is transforming things like our power grid. And other than that, I think, I mean, if you ask any journalist, we love investigations. We love getting to the bottom of things. So I've worked on a couple here, uh, predominantly one surrounding Rensselaer and the defunct volunteer ambulance service. Uh, Again, that was something that the community had pondered for maybe decades, honestly, but no one really knew what was going on. And uh, now, as a result of this story and explaining what exactly happened to that organization, where it stands today, and how the mayor is involved with it, has led to a state police investigation that, while they're not speaking much about it, is making headway, I believe. Wow, that's really powerful journalism that you've done in just one year. That's amazing. It's been a a wild ride, but I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Um, I like the craziness. (laughs) We will miss you so much. So tell us a little bit about what you are going on to do. Going from here, something that I really loved writing about here at the Times Union were corporations and companies and how the markets are impacting individuals and their investments. Um, While I didn't get to do a ton of it here, that's what I'll be doing in my next role. I'll be working with Fund Fire, which is a subsidiary of the Financial Times, and I will be reporting on on alternative assets. So things like hedge funds and crypto and things like that. And you said before, you're like, well, I never really did much business reporting. And now you are like at the top of the game here. That's so exciting. It was a lot of reading. um, And I honestly feel like I should go back to college and get a degree in business or finance. But you can honestly teach yourself anything. And I feel like I've been able to do that. And I'll continue doing that because I've just begun to scratch the surface in that realm. So a lot of work is there for me to do. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Any like parting thoughts that you have for the capital region? I mean, you're not going to go too far away, just going going down to New York, but, but any parting thoughts? Yeah, I would say don't let anyone call this area Smallbany because Albany has great, great opportunity and I expect it to grow leaps and bounds in coming years. And the people here are fantastic. And for my coworkers at the Times Union, again, I am eternally grateful for the love and support you guys have given me throughout this year. And I, I definitely will stay in touch with as many people I've met during this year. And please always feel free to reach out to me. You guys, most of you have my cell number. And if you know me, I'll answer at any time of the day or night. So stay in touch. Don't think this is the last time you'll be on this podcast. <laughs> All right, that's it for this week. I'm Jessica Marshall. We'll be back next week with another look inside the newsroom here at the Times Union. In the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, or head on over to timesunion.com for the latest news and features.
The Eagle is a production of The Times Union. It's produced and edited by myself, Jessica Marshall, with help from The Times Union digital team and the newsroom. Special thanks to Casey Seiler and Shayla Cologne for their contribution to this episode. <laughs>